Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. So good, so good, so good. As we were worshiping, and I just saw, I saw so clearly this coming Sunday and in the weeks ahead, I saw some of you just speaking with a new authority. You don't have to speak louder or faster, but there's something inside that it's like God just turns the, the amplification up and it just cuts through. I just saw some of you just speaking and ministering with a new confidence. And the authority has already been given to us, but sometimes we just don't realize what we've got. And it grows within us. And I just see a release, an impartation, a stepping up because you grow in confidence that God's going to use me. I remember a few years ago, God spoke to me about the open heaven. He rebuked me for praying for open heaven. He says, stop praying that because you've got it. Just live in it. And something shifted in my whole thinking. So from that day on, everyone I prayed for, I knew something was happening. I used to pray and hope before. Now I pray and know. Something shifted in my whole faith level and authority a few years ago because I realized that I have an open heaven. All authority on heaven and earth has been given to Christ who's passed to us by His Spirit. And so I, I know I shifted into a new place. I remember the weeks that it happened. And I just from then on, whenever I pray or whenever I preach or teach, I know the Spirit of God's doing stuff. I don't go just by what I see with the natural eye. Because if we do that, we just start describing the situation we see. And the Holy Spirit spoke and said, declare, don't describe. We're so good at describing our situations, our needs, our sicknesses, our pains, the pressures, the people that are being difficult in our church. Uh, the lack we have. We're so good at describing all them and it's good to be emotionally honest and real. But don't stay there because the Spirit of God says, declare the truth. Declare the word of the Lord that burns in your heart. Declare the freedom that everyone in our churches and community can be free. And God took me on a, a, few, a series of encounters three years ago from an open heaven revelation and then how he spoke to me that we're, we're moving into a new season of breakthrough because every 20 to 25 years is another great outpouring of the Spirit in the Western world. Some of the third world nations, they live in revival all the time but we just get it messed up because we overthink it and we get into tradition and all sorts of stuff. But So it's 23 years since the last major outpouring of uh, Toronto and uh, Pensacola and some of those in the Western world. Has, doesn't mean God's been not doing nothing between. He's been doing a lot of stuff. But there are a significant breakthroughs that come. Every generation needs a fresh encounter. And that's why we're moving into that now. And when, the, when it flows, a whole lot of things get easier in ministry. They get harder and easier. Because the enemy contends stronger, but you also have greater authority and confidence and the supernatural and the power of God breaks loose. And then I remember... I remember the spot in here. We were worshipping one day and oh, we were worshipping and something shifted. I turned to Marilyn and said, oh, 
like you did to your wife when you were in that church the other week. I said, something's happened. God's here. And I remember this presence of God just swept into the place. And I looked around and within a moment, nearly everyone had hands raised or was crying in the presence of God. Because I felt it, we felt it. And then I said, something shifted. It was a 10.30 service in October, nearly three years ago. And I could, I could see this. And then I started, to, the heavens opened and I had an open vision. I don't get these very often, but it happened. And I'm looking and I'm seeing the statue of Jesus over Rio de Janeiro. This is only two years ago, sorry. It was before the Olympics. And I'm looking at that and think, that's oh, awesome. 90-foot statue of Jesus over the Rio de Janeiro. How awesome was that when the Olympics were on? They are all showing this statue of Jesus. And as we kept worshipping, it changed from a statue to a living Christ standing over our church and our city. And my spirit was just captivated. This all happens within a short moment. When you have a vision, sometimes it can happen just so quickly. But I don't know how long it took, probably a minute or two. And I'm looking and I just, and the more we worship, the larger he became. That's a, that's a truth there, isn't it? The larger he became as we were worshipping. I don't know what everyone else was seeing, but this is what I was seeing because I know everyone else is encountering the presence of God. And then I, I looked and I saw in his right hand was this huge big sword, glowing sword, sharp as. I said, Lord, what's that for? He said, that's the sword of the Spirit, the authority to destroy the works of the evil one over the people of our city and our community and our region. And then in the other hand was this huge big bucket or container full of clear liquid that was overflowing. And I've talked about this before. What I've learned is don't assume you know what it means. I said, Holy Spirit, what's that? And he said, that is living water and liquid love that I'm going to pour across this city and community and region. And as I watched in the Spirit, I saw that container in the hand just going up and down the streets and the beaches of our city and region. And as he moved, it spilled. And wherever some drops of that liquid love and water touched, there was instant change in that household, that person that it touched. And by then, I'm on the, my face, weeping in the presence of God, doing some carpet time, sucking some carpet, because I was just so overcome. When you have encounters like that, you can never be the same. I don't share that to say that I'm more spiritual than you. I've been here for 16 years. I wish that would have happened a few years earlier. But God probably thought we weren't ready or it's just getting us ready for the next season. And some of you have had visions, scriptures, prophecies, promises for your lives and your towns and your communities and churches that you haven't seen fulfilled yet. We're just stoking the fires here, reminding you to keep looking in the Spirit, believing. And God's up to something very powerful, folks. That's why all that's going on in our nation doesn't overwhelm me in any way. 
Because the enemy hates the anointing. That's why he's called the anti-Christ. Anti means against. Christ means anointed one. So whenever you step up and your church and your people ministry gets flowing in the anointing, the Antichrist spirit tries to come against that and contend and stop you, to scare you out of it or to hinder you. And let me tell you, when you see and feel some of that stuff, you can't back off. Because the Spirit of God draws you in. He compels us, He draws us, He fills us. And I just want to share that. And some of you have heard that story several times, but every time I share it, it reminds me of why we do what we do. So every day I'm out in the community, every day I stand up to minister here, every now and then God reminds me. So in prayer, before I get up to preach every day, I say, Lord, thank you for an open heaven today. I don't go through and pray about all the challenges we've got. Thank you that you've given me an open heaven. I thank you for the fruit and the gifts of your spirit to flow today. And I thank you for that living water and liquid love pouring out over the people today. I thank you for the authority you've given us to minister your kingdom life and no weapon formed against us shall prosper. That's why I've changed the last three years because I've had some encounters that have changed my soul. And what we're doing here in this Holy Spirit encounter, this is part of what God showed me 16 years ago. I walked through the doors. Our front doors used to be over there and there. We came here 16 years ago to preach and then the board was going to interview us and Sylvia and some of the team were on there. Mate, did they grill us because they'd had a few challenges with the previous pastor so they were very keen to make sure the next ones they got were the right ones. <laughs> I walked through the doors and I had an open vision again. I've only had two or three in my life. I walked through the doors and I staggered to my seat because as I walked through the doors, I looked and saw 50 or 60 people in the church. The stage used to be over there where Jeremy is. I looked and saw these people, but I saw in the spirit hundreds and hundreds of people cramming the church and spilling out everywhere. And the Holy Spirit said, this place, this Harvey Bay and this community used to be a place of great spiritual authority and breakthrough. For those that have been around, know the Beth Shan camp and the moves of God that have happened here over the decades. State conferences, national conferences used to be held in Harvey Bay. Tommy and Matthew Barnett, the first time they preached in Australia was here in Harvey Bay in this church. First time Bill Hybels came to Australia was in Harvey Bay, just down the road. And there's many others I can say of what God has done in Harvey Bay, little Harvey Bay. And the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, he, he showed me that vision, he says, it's been a place of great spiritual strength, but it's become in some ways a backwater right now. This is 16 years ago. He said, the days will come when this town, this church, and this region will become a place of great spiritual breakthrough and authority, and many will come to be filled and transformed and overflow again. 16 years ago, God showed me that. I staggered to my seat, and I'm thinking, whoa. I didn't say a word to anyone except my wife for at least a year. Because I didn't want to try and say that we were the ones. I didn't say a word to anyone except my wife and I. 
said, God, if that's a word from you, you will make it come to pass. And some of you have got words and dreams that have been around for years, and God's stirring them up. He's stirring them up. He's putting fire in them. He's opening your eyes to see more clearly than you've ever seen before. And we're stepping into a new, new authority. We're going to see churches full and overflowing everywhere. We're going to see people into the marketplace and transforming our communities. Because all the rubbish that's going on right now, it's stirring up the church. And Christians are going to be full and out there winning lots of people to Christ. Oh, encounter. The one who has the most hope has the most influence. So just be a carrier of hope. Just carry hope wherever you go. The one who has the most hope has the most influence. I want to encourage you to declare, not just describe. God's good. It's great to have Ben with us. And we're going to give, a, give you an opportunity to give an offering right now to towards Pastor Ben's ministry. And also, we didn't charge anyone anything to come. And so we put on food and other stuff and accommodation. And you don't have to pay for it. But it'd be great just to sow an offering of thanks and appreciation. If God's blessed you, has stirred your heart, I've learned there's something happens when you just sow in financially to, to an offering. And I'll share one more story. Some of you have heard this story. I don't know who I've shared these stories with, but I just know there's a power in this. And in that journey about three years ago, we were in Melbourne at the Planet Shakers Conference. Hadn't been for years and God stirred our hearts to go. And Jensen Franklin's there preaching and stirring everyone up. I'm jumping up and down out of my seat. Prophetic word. Some of you heard the story about the fish coming raining out of the sky and it just, oh, fish represent miracles, signs and wonders and provision and, and souls. And so I'm just so excited. Then he calls everyone, wants to come down. All the pastors come down the front. There's about seven or 8,000 people there. We come down and it was so powerful. Mary Lynn, she's very sensitive. She hit the floor before we even got to the altar area because the power of God was there. I could feel the presence of God. And Jensen prays his prayer and I'm, I'm ready to take the world on. You know you know what happens when those moments, it's a divine encounter. You think, yes! And then Russell has a word, prophetic word over me and our church and it really just was so sharp and so powerful that what you've just heard preach is going to break loose and It'll just increase. And then I was so impacted. And then the Holy Spirit challenged me and said, I want you to sow a seed offering in the offering tonight. And I think we were renovating the church, renovating our home. We had no spare cash. Isn't it amazing how God calls you sometimes when you've got nothing left? Or we thought we had nothing left. And I, in my heart, I said, yes. And I'm, I'm thinking in my head, how much can we give? And if we juggle that account and that account, because I had to give it that night. I said, I said, Lord, I'll give $200, and that was stretching what we had available because we were busy doing everything. The Lord said, double it. <laughs> Isn't God good? <laughs> double it? What do you mean? I thought I was being really generous with 200 <laughs> So my head goes, oh, if we juggle that a bit more and that more, yeah, we will get home. That's okay. We'll then trust God to sort it out. So we did that. As soon as I said yes to $400, immediately I got a download of revelation from heaven you don't buy anything from God but he just looks for obedience and response 
And I've only ever done this a couple of times in my life with that sort of, as soon as I said yes, this amazing download came almost like an audible voice in the midst of Planet Shaker's music and crowd, which that's got to be God to get through you with all that noise going on. He said, because you've been responsive and obedient, he said, I'm going to release $4 million for your building program. I'm going to release at least 4,000 souls in your church and city and at least 400 notable miracles. And by this time, I am totally undone. That was a word from God. That's an encounter. I couldn't even think it up or work it out. I couldn't even dare to believe for that. And then we sort of, and then we sort of staggered back to our seats. And I said to Marilyn, that was amazing. Because I want to know what God has spoken to her. Because I knew, I knew she'd had an encounter. I said, what did God say to you? She said, I've just got all these fours running out of my head, but I don't know what they mean. I said, let me tell you what they mean. <laughs> and then I realized even more this had to be God because she always gets the detail and I get the big picture. God totally reversed at this time, so we knew this was the Holy Spirit. Isn't God amazing? <laughs> so we sort of went, oh Lord. And I, I share those stories not to make me look more important or spiritual, but I just want to share this. There are moments and seasons in all of our lives and God's taken some of you into incredible new places of authority and breakthrough, and there's no limit to it. Some of us have thought, God, we prayed for our church and our town. Now, can God do it? And he's been preparing and hearing your cry. But I want to say some things are going to start to happen rapidly. There's some things going to start to break loose rapidly for some of our lives. Richard and Christine and Jinjin, I... I prayed with you last night, but I just see a new confidence and authority over your lives. He's enlarging your vision. And you're not just counting numbers. You're seeing in the Spirit a transformation coming over your community with lives being set free. You'll minister from this day on with a new confidence and authority. I just see it happening. Wow. We better get this offering happening. Otherwise, it's, the night's going to be over. Why don't we stand for one more minute? The team's been, thanks for being, aren't this an awesome team, a worship team? Let's give them a hand. What's been happening in our church is the worship. Remember, God said the, the worship is out first and then the army went second. There are times when that still happens. The worship team just break through in the spirit and then it happens. You carry the life of Christ. You have this treasure in earthen vessels. And I believe the Lord just wants to remind us we carry the presence of God wherever we go. We carry His love and hope and truth. We carry a revelation of kingdom life that's so much greater than just the mundane things that happen around us. Oh, Lord, we thank you so much. Just continue to speak to us in your awesome name. Let's give Pastor Ben a hand as he comes and just shares a word with us again. Thank you, Ross. It's wonderful. It's um, 
It's been so good to be here and thank you so much once again, uh, Ross and Mary Lynn and thank you to Bayside Church for uh, hosting this and uh, it's just been so, I think we should give them all a big round of applause and so cool and um, if you've got your Bibles, uh, turn with me to the book of Ephesians, uh, Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5, I'm sure plenty of you have preached this yourself, uh, Ephesians chapter 5, uh, verse 18. Uh, Ephesians 5.18, and it says this, Do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I just ask and pray that you help us to be the territory takers you've called us to be. Thank you and praise you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. I mentioned to you this morning that Ephesians was written as a call to arms letter by the Apostle Paul, modelled on the way the Romans would write a letter when they were communicating to their people that they're ready to go to war. And so what that means is this. Every element of Ephesians is necessary for us if we are to be an advancing territory-taking church, if we are to have an advancing territory-taking life. The start of Ephesians is talking about our identity in Christ. If you don't know who you are, then you could not possibly be the territory-taker that God has called us to be. It talks about our conduct. It talks us about the holy lifestyle that we're supposed to live. He talks about the armour of God, the way that we're supposed to stand firm against the wiles of the enemy. But in the midst of that, he says in Ephesians chapter 5, 1821, he says, don't be drunk with wine, which is dissipation. Instead, be filled with the Spirit of God. Now, more accurately translated is actually be filled by the Spirit of God. So what that means is he is filling us. What does he fill us with? He fills us with his life. He fills us with his joy. He fills us with the strength and the fuel that we need to move forward in the things of God. In fact, even more accurately translated is keep being filled by the Spirit of God. So what that means is it's not a one-time event, that we all need to be continually filled by the Spirit of God if we're going to be the advancing, territory-taking churches and leaders that God has called us to. I mean, you can have the nicest car in the world, but if you never fill it with fuel, eventually that car will not move forward, it's going to stop. And in the same way, we need to be continually filled by the Spirit of God. We need Him to touch us, give us the fuel and the energy and the strength that we need to move on and become the territory takers that He has called us to be. Now you might be sitting there and saying, well, how do I do that? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because the Apostle Paul actually tells us after that how we are to live that kind of life. So I want to talk to you today, tonight briefly about habits of highly effective pastors. Some things, some habits that we need to have if we're going to be continually filled by the Spirit of God, have the strength, the vitality that we need to be the territory takers that God has called us to be. The first thing that he says there. He says, don't be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Speaking. The first key to living a life that's continually filled by the Spirit of God is actually to have a positive confession. We need to be careful about the way that we talk. The Bible actually says in Proverbs chapter 18, from the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach is filled. From the harvest of his lips, he is satisfied. 
So what that means is we eat the words that we say. We actually feed on the words that we say. So if we are people who are continually speaking doubt, unbelief and negativity, then we're actually going to feed on that. One of the things we need to learn when we become Christians is that we can't talk like regional Queenslanders. <laughs> Amen. Now, I love regional Queensland. Regional Queenslanders are the most lovely people in the world, the most humble and self-effacing people in the world, but regional Queenslanders are liars. <laughs> and the reason why I say that is because very often regional Queenslanders talk everything down. Oh, how you doing, mate? Oh, not too bad. My senior pastor in Mackay, Pastor Rob Booth Jones, hated that. Because like you're saying, you're bad, you're just not too bad. <laughs> I remember there was this young man in my youth group. I said to him, how you going, mate? He goes, oh, not too bad. I said, oh, you're bad, you're just not too bad. I said, so what happened? Somebody died last night, slept on the street, you didn't get a meal, you're not going to heaven, what is it? And he said, actually, now that I think about it, I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> and as Christians, we feed off the words that we say. And so we need to speak words of life, faith, and victory on a regular basis. If you're constantly speaking negativity, you're siphoning off and cutting off the flow of the Spirit of God in your life. I mean, try it sometime. Try speaking negativity. Oh, that's hopeless. That's ridiculous. That's stupid. It doesn't make you feel any better. But when you start speaking words of life, faith, I heard one well-known minister when he had times of discouragement, he would drive around in his car speaking excellent words. Wonderful. Tremendous fantastic, great. And he started feeding off the words of his mouth. As leaders, we need to make sure we're speaking words of faith, vitality, life, and victory. You know, sometimes people come up to me and they say, how you doing, Ben? And I'll look at them and I'll say, can I be honest? And they'll lean in and they'll say, yes, you can be honest with me. And I'll say, to be honest, I'm awesome. <laughs> and they look at you and they're like, ah. Oh, you're not being real. And I'm like, actually, yes, I am being real. Life is pretty good. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I've got a nice family. I've got a nice wife and kids. God lets me preach the gospel. Life is pretty good. 5% of my life isn't working the way I want, but I'm not going to spend the whole of my life focusing on the 5% that isn't working. I'm going to focus my attention and my words on the great things that God is doing in my life. Speaking. Then it says speaking to one another. Not just speaking in the air. Who's he talking to? He's talking to a church. And so what that means is if we want to have, uh, you know, continue a life filled by the Spirit of God, we need to continue to have Christian fellowship. You know, if I was talking to a local church, I'd be saying, you know, we need to be part of a local church. I'm amazed at the amount of people that I meet that love Jesus but don't like the church. And they kind of think that Jesus is okay with it. If they understood the phrases that was describes the church, they would understand that that is not actually true. One of the phrases to describe the, uh, to describe the church is that the church is the bride of Christ. So if you say that you like Jesus and you don't like the church, it'd be like coming up to me and saying, Ben, you're awesome. You are just a fantastic guy. I think you're really cool. Now, I can't stand your wife, Trish, <laughs> but you, you're really cool. I'm not going to sit there and say, oh, yeah, I don't like her either. No, no, no. As much as I like you, I like her better. Because that is my bride, and the church is the bride of Christ. Not only that, Christ is the head and the church is his body. Hey, ladies, how would this pickup line work on you? Hey, baby, 
you've got the most beautiful face I've ever seen in my life. You know, there are times when I'm feeling depressed and all I do is think of your face and it makes me smile. You know, when I'm tired and I wake up in the morning, find it hard to get out of bed, I just stalk you on your Facebook profile. I look at your face and it gives me the strength I need to face the day. (laughs) You have the most beautiful face I've ever seen in my life. Now, your body could do with a bit of work. (laughs) Some lady's like, I'll take him anyway. Um, (laughs) I don't care. (laughs) Christ is the head. Church is his body. He likes it. And he wants us to be part and have fellowship. Bible says, Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there. Some people have some funny ideas about the church. You know, some people think that just Christian fellowship is the church. Christian fellowship is not the church. Going to the beach and singing Kumbaya, having a picnic is not the church. That's actually called just some kind of fellowship, but it ain't the church. The church is where there's a presence of ascension gift ministry because it's built upon apostles and prophets. And so that is actually where the church is, not just gathering together with other believers. I was talking to young man, young, one, one young man a number of years ago who was offended with church, and I was talking to him, and he says, oh, you know, I don't go to church anymore. I don't like organized religion. I remember thinking to myself, well, I'd hate to go to a disorganized one. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, so what do you do for church? He goes, oh, we have church at home. I said, what do you do? Oh, well, you know, we, we get up and we sit around the table with my wife and the kids and, you know, we have a bit of communion and share a thought, sing a song and, you know, that's just our way of have, give a testimony. That's us doing church. I said, bro, that ain't church. That's breakfast. <laughs> church is a gathering together of God's people with the presence of Ascension Gift Ministry. I know I'm talking to pastors, but... As pastors, we need to make sure that we get together with other leaders and pastors as well. Things like this where we can be strengthened and encouraged. One of the beautiful things I love about our movement, I I have ministered a lot of independent Pentecostal churches and the reason why they get me in is because they're lonely and they've got no external influence and they just ask me to come in because I'm part of something bigger and that sort of thing and I try and connect them up with others because it's not really a very nice way to do ministry. I love the fact that we can have our own church names and we can do the things that God has called us to do and we have our autonomy but we're part of a fellowship and we get together and we can encourage each other and cheer each other on. We're actually all on the same side. We're all moving forward, advancing the kingdom of God and there's something about us coming together and strengthening. Some of you came here and you were feeling discouraged after a couple of days of just hanging out and having coffee and spending time with people and getting under God God's word and in his God's presence, you've got the strength that you need to keep on going forward. He said, speaking to one another. The next thing he says is this. He says, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns and spiritual songs, singing. Singing. Talked about this last night. We all know that God's presence, his manifest presence is attracted when we praise him. And one of the things as a leader, and you would know this, that there are times when we can get discussed, we can feel flat and we can get have our knocks, and one of the things that can help us is actually that we, when we spend time praising and worshipping God. One of the greatest times to praise and worship God is when things are going bad. When you don't feel like it, that's a time when you really need to do it. When I was at Bible college, they threatened to kick me out because I was behind on my fees. And so, which was, uh, you know, like, which was really funny because a few years after that, I started my own Bible college <laughs> and had the same conversation with students. Amen. <laughs> 
And I went to see the college registrar and she said to me, she said, listen, Ben, I'm sorry, but if you don't come up with your fees next week, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. I'd moved to Sydney. It was a living Bible college. I'd moved from Melbourne and I felt like God had let me down. And so I went to my dormitory. We stayed in dormitories and I was walking around my room and, and I was really discouraged and I was trying to pray. But to be honest, I was more moaning and complaining. Why'd you let this happen to me? Why is this happening in my life? You know, I've done what you wanted me to do. I've taken this faith step and now you're not providing for me. As I was doing that, the Holy Spirit said to me, why don't you praise me? I said, I will when you pay my fees. <laughs> I said, pay my fees, then I'll praise you. And he says, no, no, why don't you praise me anyway? Because he was asking me to give him a sacrifice of praise. That's praise when you don't actually feel like it. And so I was so depressed and discouraged. You've been so depressed that you just can't start singing. You need a little bit of assistance. So I decided I was going to put on a CD. And, um, oh, uh, for the young people, a CD is a disc. And um, we put music on it back in the old days. Anyway, and so I put on a CD. It's a, it was new at the time. It was, you know, obviously old now. It was a Hillsong CD called Touching Heaven, Changing Earth. And there was a song on there called Lord Your Goodness. Uh, some of you may remember it. Lord Your Goodness and Your Love Will Follow Me. Anyway, so I put it on and I started trying to sing to it. Lord, your goodness and your love will follow me, apparently, <laughs> all the days of my life. I'm surrounded with the favor of the Lord, even though I can't see it, always and forever. But all of a sudden, as I kept singing, the heaviness started lifting. Because the Bible says we put on the garment of praise in exchange for the spirit of heaviness. It started coming off me. And then I started getting into it. Lord, your goodness and your love will follow me all the days of my life. Then I started dancing around my room doing key changes and everything. I'm surrounded with the favor of my Lord. And then all of a sudden, the presence of God came into the place, knocked me off my feet. And I started laughing my head off. Three and a half minutes after being completely depressed. What happened? I just started singing. There's something about praising and worshipping God on days other than Sunday. And that will help to keep us filled and fueled up to be the leaders he's called us to be. The next thing that he says is this. He says, and making melody in your heart, giving thanks always for all things. Giving thanks. The next key to living a life, an advancing life, continually filled by the Spirit of God, is that we give thanks. The Bible says we enter his gates, his presence, with thanksgiving in our heart. We enter his courts with praise. Thanksgiving is one of the ways that we can keep drawing down on the presence of God. Great friend of mine, man by the name of Pastor Sanjay Stevenson, uh, when he, uh, one time uh, he was uh, very depressed in his ministry, very discouraged. One particular Monday morning, I know none of you have ever been there. And he went down to do his devotions by the Brisbane River at the Jindalee boat ramp. And he was especially discouraged this day. So he went there and he started, um, and he just started, you know, moping around the boat ramp and he was praying. But to be honest, like myself before, he was moaning and complaining. You know, Lord, why is this happening? Why isn't things working out the way I want? Why aren't I succeeding the way I thought I was going to succeed? As he was doing that, he felt the Holy Spirit say to him, why don't you thank me? And he said, for what? And he felt the Holy Spirit say, find things to thank me for. And he's like, oh, okay. And, he's so, and he couldn't verbalize it. He was so discouraged. So he got his journal out and he started writing down things he could thank God for. Lord, I thank you that I'm saved. That's a pretty good start. <laughs> Even on your worst day, you're still winning. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> thank you for my wife. Thank you for my kids. Thank you that I do get to preach. Thank you that some people do listen to me. 
And as he started doing that, he started taking off his eyes off the things that God wasn't doing and started seeing all the things that God had done. The presence of God came upon him and he put that thing down, completely free and liberated, re-strengthened, and he started walking around that boat ramp thanking God. My question is this, Pastor, when was the last time you counted your blessings? When was the last time you said, you know what, Lord, I just want to thank you today. I just want to start listing off all the blessings and all the things that you've been doing in my life. Because if we keep thanking him, we keep accessing his presence. We keep downloading his spirit and it strengthens us and enables us to be the people that God has called us to be. I love how it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 16, 16 to 18. Be joyful always, pray without ceasing. In all things, give thanks. It says in it, in all things give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In all things. It doesn't actually say for all things. So what that means is this. Uh, it means that, uh, you know, sometimes people thank God for things that he actually hadn't done. You know, oh, you know, thank you God that, you know, thank you Lord from a cancer. I know you're working on my character. Really appreciate I got, I actually got a number of years ago, I got flooded in the Brisbane floods. And that was a difficult year. But that whole year, I wasn't like, thank you, Lord, for flooding me. Really hate it. <laughs> I know you're working on my character. If you feel like I need more character development, you know, just send another one. No, no, no. <laughs> we don't thank him for all things. We thank him in all things. What that means is this. In the midst of what you're going through, you can always find something to thank God for. And we need to thank God for that. We need to be thankful because if we're thankful, we'll keep downloading the Spirit of God into our life. And then it says this. He says, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, comma, submitting to one another in the fear of God. That actually is continuation. That's actually all part of it. And then he goes on and he talks about family relationships. He says, wives, submit to your husbands. Husbands, love your wives. Then he says, children, obey your parents. Then he says, parents, don't frustrate your children. I told you that Ephesians was based on a call to arms letter that the Romans would write. And the Romans had a worldview which was this. Strong families will equal a strong state. And so the Apostle Paul takes that and puts this in here and he is saying, strong families will equal a strong advancing church. Who knows that you could do everything else? You can be in fellowship, you can be praising God and thankful, but who knows that if you've got things out of order at home, it sucks out all the joy in life out of you. That if things aren't working in your marriage, if things aren't working with your children, regardless of what else is going on, it, it's almost like it cuts off the flow of the Spirit of God. You know when you, work, you, know, when you water the yard or water your garden and you've got the hose and you know, you're watering it and you, you walk along and then all of a sudden it's like the water stops flowing? And the reason why it stops flowing is because there's a kink in the hose. So what do you do? Well, you don't just keep yanking the hose. You go back, straighten it out, and then it keeps flowing again. In the same way, sometimes in our lives, there can be a kink in our hose because things are out of order at home. And what we need to do is go back, straighten that thing out so that things are flowing continually in our life. I want to show you a photo. Can I show the first one, guys? That's all right. Oh, look at that. Oh, that's lovely, isn't it? Like, you would, you would look at that and think, mate, that family, no problems. 
picture perfect. Well, let me tell you, it hasn't always been that way. <laughs> I remember about 15 years ago, my wife and I, we'd only been married a couple of years, and we were just getting on each other's nerves all the time. We were arguing and not learning how, knowing how to really communicate and basically cut a long story short. One night, my wife got so ticked off that she got up and started packing her bags. We were living in Mackay at the time. I said to her, what are you doing? She goes, I'm going to mum's. I said, your mum lives in Cairns. And she goes, I said, what are you doing that for? And she goes, because you're an idiot. <sighs> then I realised, there's a kink in my hose. <laughs> I'm a pastor. I might as well not rock up to work tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? And so I begged her forgiveness. I repented, came back and straightened things out and 15 years later, we've been flowing ever since. See my boys up there, the cheeky little devils. Uh, on the left, look at my son on the left, he's Joshy. You can tell he's up to no good. And, uh, and he's a bit of a character. When he was little, it was awesome because he was able to talk fluently before the age of two. And, um, and so you got the insight into the two-year-old mind. And, um, and he, he, was a, he was a terrible liar, you know, like he would, he would complain about how he was afraid of the dark. But then we were finding evidence that he was actually roaming around the house raiding the fridge in the dark. Um, one time he came into our room and he goes, Mummy, Daddy, I wet the bed. And we went to his room and yeah, he wet the bed all right. The popper that he stole from the fridge exploded in bed. <laughs> I remember another time my mum and dad were staying with us and they were in the spare room, but my dad was snoring real bad, so mum kicked him out, so he slept on a futon in the dining room. And as he was sleeping there, he said, in the middle of the night, about 2 a.m., the light goes on, and he looks into the kitchen, and there is the fridge door open with little two-year-old Joshua there. Joshy pokes his head out the back, and he said, it's okay, Grandpa, I'll go back to sleep. <laughs> Liar! A few years ago, we were having some issues with parenting our boys. We were trying to figure out the best way to produce the best results. And it came to a head one day and things just weren't working. I remember my wife and I looked at each other and we said, this ain't working. We actually have to change the way we're doing things. And we got, God gave us great wisdom in the space of a couple of days. And we adjusted a couple of things and overnight there was a change. There was a change with our boys. That week, I got a phone call from one of the largest churches in Australia. This church had been trying to get me to come and preach for them. It's never worked. It had never worked out. I had actually been, uh, when I first went on the road, God told me I was going to go preach at this church, and it never actually happened. That week, they rang me up, and finally we got a date nutted out, and I preached there 12 times over the next three years, and it was one of the greatest blessings of my ministry. What had happened? We straightened out something at home, and God released more territory to me. Wow. Amen? Wow. I've got another photo for you. Uh, that's my, so that's my mum and dad. My, my mum's an Aussie, my dad's a Tongan. And my sister in the back corner with her husband, his name's Carvin Winans. He's the nephew of C.C. Winans. And um, he's African-American. And, and look at my dad. My dad's got two of his grandsons there. One is on the left, and uh, one, he's, got, he's got black and white right there, uh, which is really cool. And he's got an all, you know, multi, you know multiracial, and it's really awesome. Uh, my mum and dad met, oh, gee, it'd have to be, you know, nearly 50 years ago now, and my dad came over to Australia, 
and um, he and my mum uh, started going out and they fell in love. Uh, and they were courting probably longer than what they should have. Uh, my dad was not wanting to propose to her. He was afraid of what his family would say back at home. In Tonga, he was worried they'd actually come and intervene and try and stop uh, the wedding. And so he did not propose to her and they went out longer than what they should have. And eventually one thing led to another and they found out they were going to have me. And then when they found out, my dad said, no, I've got to straighten this out. Because you realise the Bible says, husbands submit to your wives. I mean, sorry, wives submit to your husbands. <laughs> Close. <laughs> he realised the scripture says, wives submit to your husbands, husbands love your wives. It doesn't actually say partner, submit to your partner. Amen. And so, and so they got married. Apparently on the wedding day, my dad disappeared for, disappeared for two hours. No one knew where he went. I spoke to him, obviously, many, many years later. And when I heard that story, I said, where'd you go? He said, well, I went off to a place by myself and I spent time with the Lord. And he said, you know what, Lord? I never thought I'd conduct the way I conduct myself and walk away from you. He said, but now I've straightened things out. And he said, and I will always do things your way from now on. My sister at the top right, um, she got saved about 13 years ago, and she's a really good singer. And she used to be a uh, she used to be a lead singer of a band that actually had a top five single in Australia. And then she got saved, which was awesome. And what she does now, she just restarted it many Sundays in Melbourne. She does a thing called Gospel Sundays. So she does like a gospel outreach at local pubs. And very famous people come to it, famous musicians, famous worship leaders come to hear her sing and her band play. And it's really awesome. In fact, she one day had a well-known Australian celebrity there and they asked her to, to perform at their wedding, uh, which was going to be a private wedding sponsored by Woman's Day at Byron Bay. And so my sister said to them, she said, listen, I, we only do gospel music. And the celebrity said, just do your gospel music, we don't care. And so they went and they performed gospel music all day to all these like A and B grade celebrities in Australia. So if you think about uh, my sister, in some way you could kind of consider her a territory taker. In some way you can kind of consider, I guess, myself a bit of a territory taker. And it all happened after mum and dad straightened things out. You didn't see this, huh? You didn't see this coming. But maybe you're here and you know, you're like, you know what? I need to straighten something out. You know, one of the promises, I very, very rarely say this, and I feel like I'm saying this because season might change for me, but when I first went itinerant on the road, there have been places that have made a space for my ministry. Just like the woman of Shunem that has made space for Elisha, put a table and chair and made space for him. And, and the miracle she got was resurrected children. And I felt the Holy Spirit say to me that every region where the pastors make space for me, the miracle that they are going to receive is resurrected children and their realigned families. And maybe you're in this place and you maybe have a child that's away from the Lord. Maybe you're in this place and maybe you know and, and you don't have to be a pastor. You could be just one of the lay leaders here, but you know that maybe there's something you need to straighten out at home. Let me tell you, when you straighten that thing out, you will find that that will not cut off the circulation of the flow of the Spirit of God in your life. It'll be a source of constant joy in life and strength. That which you need to be the territory-taking leader that God has called you to be. Amen? And so if you're here in this place and you're saying... That's me. I just want you to close your eyes for a moment. And if you're saying, that's, that's where I'm at, Ben, um, 
Maybe it's a loved one at home. Maybe it's one of your children that's away from God. Maybe there's issues with your spouse right now. Maybe you're here and, and you're like, Ben, I don't have children. I'm not married. What's it got to do with me? But maybe it's to do with your parents. The Bible says we're supposed to honour our father and mother that all may go well with us in the land God's given us. So what that means is this. Your future is actually dependent on how you treat your parents. I know a lot of people who think their futures depend on how their parents treated them. That's not actually true because God can undo any damage that you received. But there's a promise associated with us treating our parents well. And maybe you're here and you know there's something you need to straighten out with your parents. If that's you, you have to straighten out something in your family. Just right where you are, slip up your hand and say, that's me, Ben. I've got to straighten something out at home. There's something out of alignment. I need to straighten that thing out. You can put your hands up nice and high. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for those people with their hands raised. And I pray, Father, that you would help straighten things out. The Lord God, you would help them to whatever that relational obstruction and blockage is. I know your grace is for them and you want to see that thing straighten out. However it happens, Lord, whether you need to show them some kind of word of wisdom or knowledge, whatever it is, I ask and pray, Lord, for a straightening out in this area, straightening out between spouses, straightening out between brothers and sisters, a straightening out between parents and children. I pray for this straightening out to happen. And I know, Lord God, that that ache in their heart that's been there a long time because of this is going to dissipate and it's going to be like a tree of life on the inside. I thank you, Lord, that you've called us to be territory-taking leaders and churches, continually filled by the Spirit of God. I thank you for what you've done on this retreat, Lord God, that you have filled us and you have topped us up and you're releasing us to move forward and to become the territory-takers you've called us to be. I thank you and I praise you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Leaders, would you stand to your feet? Lift your hands to heaven. What I'd like us to do is worship God. And as we do, some of us here, I really feel some of us here, we need to start counting our blessings. God has given you a vision for things to do in the future, but what can happen is we can actually turn good things we're believing for into idols. Because we start saying things like, I'm not going to be happy until. But actually, you can be happy all the way there. We can be thankful on the journey. And we, never need, to, we need to never forget the things that God has done in our life as we pursue the things that He's got ahead of us. And there's some of us here and it's like, it's time to count our blessings. It's time to thank Him. So as we worship God, I want you to worship Him and praise Him. And I'll hand over to Pastor, Ro- uh, Pastor Ross and we'll do a bit of ministry and that sort of thing. And, but there's some of us here who just need to thank Him. Thank Him for what's happened in the past season because there's a new season opening up. Amen? Lift your hands to heaven. Let's worship Him in this place. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. 